with that familiar theme song, we're reminded it's time once again for the Harvest Time Gospel Broadcast. This is a daily broadcast with special emphasis on missions and world evangelization under the direction of Dr. Stenny Ballou of Resaca, Georgia. And now, here is Brother Ballou and today's broadcast. Thank you and greetings, radio friends. What a joy and privilege it is to come to your place of listening and share together with you another Harvest Time broadcast. I praise the Lord for this open door, this heaven-bought privilege uh, that our Lord allows us day after day to gather together by means of radio and to study the Word of God together. I trust that if it's at all possible, you'll take the time out, get your Bible, and follow along with us as we open the Word of God today. I'm reading again from the book of John chapter 16 and verse number 7, where the Word of God said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. This is our Lord speaking to his disciples on the day before his crucifixion. And so he makes to them a promise that if he goes away, then he will send them another comforter. And we know from the study of the Word of God that comforter is the Holy Spirit. For several broadcasts now, we've been in a study on the person and ministry of the Spirit of God. And we spent several days looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. I said to you that the Holy Spirit is not some figure of speech. He is not a figment of someone's imagination. He is not just a fantasy of somebody's dream world. He's not just a force. And then also I said to you, he's not a substitute for God. And he's not a second class of God. And he is not a servant of God. So we looked at what he's not. And then I said to you what he is. The Holy Spirit is a person. He is God. He is no less God, nor is he any more God than God the Father or God the Son. I want to take just a couple of moments and review and then move on in our study of the Word of God. We learn that God chose to manifest himself not in three gods, but one God manifested in three personalities. And if you're a student of the Bible and a believer of the Word of God, then you know that he manifests himself as God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit. You also know if you're a student of the Word of God that these three are co-equal, they are co-eternal, and they coexist together in perfect unity. One God manifested in three different personalities. Also said to you that in the plan of God, God decreed that each of those would have a distinct and different part, though they work together in the ministry of God's great redemptive plan. And I'm not going back into detail on that today, but we're looking now 
at this person of the Holy Spirit. And I pointed out to you not only what he's not and what he is, but again, I want to emphasize who he is. The Holy Spirit is God. He is no less God than God the Father or God the Son. He is no more God than God the Father and God the Son. All three of these personalities, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, are co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent. And of course, the reason being for that is, He is one God manifested in three personalities. So we looked at His proper recognition. Then on the broadcast yesterday, we began our study on His power required. And let me emphasize again, in the great work of God, there are two elements in God's work. First of all, there is man's part, which God will not do. Second, there is God's part, which man cannot do. And may I say to you, When man does his part, God will do his part. And then as God does his part, men must do their part. We must learn to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in working the work of our God. Oh, oftentimes we hear people talk about waiting on the Lord. And there are times when you wait upon him But I fear that often we're waiting on him and he's waiting on us to become willing to go his way and do his work in the way that God wants it done. So we must recognize that if we're going to accomplish the will of God, we must learn to cooperate with the Spirit of God. That leads me to make one other statement. The Holy Spirit never will contradict the Holy Scriptures. And so if you're going to walk with the Spirit of God, then you're going to have to walk with the Word of God. As a matter of fact, as you study in Ephesians chapter number 5, we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. And then it gives us the actions of a person who is filled with the Spirit of God. When you come to Colossians chapter number 3, We're commanded to be filled with the Scriptures, to let the Word of God abide in you richly. And when you're filled with the Scriptures, it produces the same fruit as it does when you're filled with the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit will never, ever contradict the teaching of the Holy Scriptures. But in our study, we looked on yesterday that we must recognize the power of the Holy Spirit is required in the convicting of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can convict of sin. And that's true in the life of a sinner, one who's unsaved. And it's also true in the life of those who are saved. The Holy Spirit must reprove or convict of sin. The Bible said in John chapter 16, verse number 8, Then when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin. How does he do it? The word reprove simply means to jerk the cover off, to uncover. 
And so the Holy Spirit has a ministry of uncovering our sins and making them to become exceeding sinful, even in our own eyes. And may I say to you, that is not an excuse for us as Christians not to have a burden and to do the work of God as effectively as we possibly can. As a matter of fact, every time I preach the Word of God or teach the Word of God, I feel a sense of urgency to present the message of God as powerful and as plain as I possibly can. I want to preach every message, teach every lesson, and present every witness as convincingly as is possible. But yet, I want to preach and teach on every occasion as though the eternal destination of some sinner depended entirely upon me. Yet I must realize when I've done my best that my best is not sufficient to convict of sins. This is the work of the Holy Ghost that I must depend upon Him. When I do my part, He will do His part. So we see, first of all, only the power of the Holy Spirit can convict of sin. And then may I say number two and closely related, only the power of the Holy Spirit can convert the sinner. Now listen to me carefully. A great lesson needs to be learned in our evangelistic circles of our day. And that is that it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to save a sinner. Now hear me carefully. This should not diminish our burden and our zeal to lead people to Christ. But we must realize when we have done our utmost, there is an area in converting a sinner that man cannot perform. It must be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. We should have a burden for sinners and a zeal to see them saved. But we must be careful that that burden and that zeal does not cause us to lead sinners into making a man-made profession instead of being born again by the power of the Holy Spirit. We must realize the sinner cannot save himself. The soul winner cannot save the sinner. The church cannot save the sinner. Only the power of the Holy Ghost can convert that sinner and make him a saint, change him from being a child of the devil, and make him a child of God. One of the things that I experience as I travel around the country week after week, and just about any evangelist could say the same thing that I'm saying to you. Our church pews are filled with people who have walked down the aisle. They've been carried through salvation's plan. They made a profession of faith. They've been baptized. They became members of the church, yet they have never had a personal experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody has said they met the plan, but did not receive the person. And I want to say to you, friend, yes, there is a plan of salvation, but salvation is not in the plan. Salvation is in the person. Let me give you this illustration from the thoughts of the Scripture. Jesus said, I am 
the door. And of course, the door is the entrance. And he said, if any man come in by me, he shall be saved and go in and out and find green pastors. So Christ is the door to salvation. But the plan are as the doorsteps that leads a person to the door. The steps cannot get you in. You've got to go through the door. But you need the steps to bring you to that door. Salvation's plan brings sinners to the Savior. But Christ alone, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can convict and convert that sinner and change them from sinners to saints. Only the power of the Holy Ghost can save a sinner and cause him, as the Scripture says, to pass from death unto life. So, my friend, we must be aware of the fact that only the power of the Holy Spirit can convict of sin, and only His power can convert a sinner. And let me just say to you today, if you're unsaved, if there's something inside you drawing you to Christ, that is the power of the Holy Spirit. And if you will yield to Him with repentance and faith, then He will birth you into the family of God. Bow there by that radio and call upon God, and God will save you even this very moment. Father, take the Word. Use it to your glory. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Behold, the fields are white. It's harvest time. Well, I trust the broadcast was a blessing to you today. Let me remind you that Harvest Time is a listener-supported radio ministry, and I need to hear from a number of you. Would you pray for the radio ministry and then write to us and share with us in the financial burden of this radio work? Simply address that letter to Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. That's Harvest Time, 179 Promised Land Drive, Resaca, Georgia, 30735. And be sure to join us each weekday, Monday through Friday, at this same time. God bless you until the next broadcast. Are you not-